is power in the blood, and there is power in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. We decrease so that he increases. Amen? You know how I can tell when the Holy Spirit is here? The hair on my neck stands up. That's how I know. And when we're singing over here, it's almost almost like a wave that comes through, and then all of a sudden, in the, am I alone? Who else is with me? I know there's some other people in here feels it when it happens. All of a sudden, in the back of my neck, I get this tingling that kind of shoots down my spine, and the hair stands up, and all of a sudden, you can't help but to praise God. And all of a sudden, I start thinking about all the things that, We've gone through in life and all the things that we have trialed and suffered through. And, and then the glory of the Lord has shown up in my life once we accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior. It's a life-changing event that every minute of every day I have to give glory to him and, and tell him thank you for the sacrifice. Amen. Whew. going to be a good day. We are missing our pastor. But we're loving our Lord and we're thanking him for the complete healing that he's going to receive. We know that's coming. Just to, to let you know, I spent some time with him yesterday, and uh, he is a little bruised up, but he's still funny as ever. So uh, he's a good spirit, and he, he's eager to get back with us, but um, he loves y'all and wants you to know that. And we love him, and we love the Lord for bringing him to us. Amen. Whew. So this morning, man, I'm going to be a lot quicker than I think I am. Huh. It's funny when I... I came in, uh, Bree walked in, and she goes, uh, Pastor's not here. I said, no. She goes, are you preaching? I said, I am. And she said, what? And I said, thank you very much. God bless you. <laughs> so, and you got you got to love Bree, right, because she'll say exactly what she's thinking, too. And so she walks in, and I'm back in the, in the office back here in the pastor's office, and she goes, are you preaching today? And I said, I am. And uh, she goes, uh, <clears throat> well, that could be good or bad. <laughs> and I said, okay. I said, what's, what's that? She goes, well, are you, are you, are you going to do something in Proverbs maybe? And I said, well, matter of fact, yeah, there happens to be a little something of Proverbs in my message today. And she said, yeah, but, but, but what, about, what about God? What, what did you say? Uh, Jeremiah. What's that? Yep. Plans and thoughts, right? That's exactly right. And I said, that's the Lord telling me, using her to affirm what we had this morning. Amen. And uh, I, that just, uh, that really that really encouraged me because uh, i got to be honest with you, I uh, am nervous always when I get up here with you. It's a blessing and an honor to be here. But uh, there's some big shoes up here. My pastor wears some big, big shoes, big spiritual shoes as well. So, But this morning, I do want to talk to you real briefly. I'm a, I'm a minister on... Who's in control? And I think what an appropriate message for today, as a matter of fact, because um, when I was sitting down here and we're praising, this isn't our stage, this isn't our microphone, this isn't our house, this is all God's, every bit of it. The air that we breathe, the food that we eat, the clothes that we wear, the money that's in our banking account, none of it is ours. It's all God's. We're just stewards of it. Amen. So who's in control? God had a plan and a purpose. I remember years back, um, I had my first management job when I was 19 years old. I managed a uh, advanced auto parts as an assistant manager. And boy, I thought I was something else. And uh, I had gotten 
out of the church at that point in time. And I had followed my own self. And I would gotten in that position and kind of got a big head with that position. And uh, I uh, started thinking to myself, I started thinking to myself, if, uh, if I make bad decisions to get me in bad places, then if I make good decisions, it'll get me in good places. And, you know, for a long, 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 long time, that's exactly how I lived my life. It was my way. It was my way or the highway. It was what I thought was right. It was what I created a destiny for my life. That's how I thought. I believed in God. Don't get me wrong. I grew up in a Christian home. Um, I was a Seventh-day Adventist when I grew up. Uh, it was very legalistic, as some of you are aware of, for that religion. But I believed there was a God. I just didn't believe that God really interacted with me. I believed that God created everything. God created us. That's it. But then just as I look in an anthill and I see ants moving, I don't really particularly care about one particular ant in that anthill. Matter of fact, sometimes I don't have a problem just exterminating the whole anthill. So in my mind, I equated this to the level of God was with me. So there is a God. He's up there, but I'm an ant. Why would God want to spend time or care about one particular ant moving in and out of an um, anthill? So that's how my philosophy was in life. I said, all right, Lord, you're up there. I know you're up there, but I'm on my own. And then we're going to talk about some verses today that you've, you've read and that you're familiar with or some of you have been. But if you have your Bibles with me, I want you to open up to Jeremiah. Go to Jeremiah 1, 5. And after I started coming to church here, and I had a true encounter, I'm talking a true encounter with the living God, you will never be the same. Anyone who has experienced that knows that. You will, you will change. Now, you change the day you accept Jesus Christ, but I'm telling you, you change even more the day that you find out the Holy Spirit is alive inside of you. It is a completely different thing. So the Lord started showing me through my life and little things that were happening that I was not just an ant, but I was his ant, <laughs> that he loved this little ant, and that God started working in my life and showing me how there was actually a communication between the two of us. I was astounded. Small things. I'm, I'm not a big kind of guy. I don't, you know, big extravagant fireworks don't impress me, so on and so forth. That stuff doesn't really work for me. But it's the little things of authenticity that impress me. My wife will tell you that. I mean, if, it's, if she does something very simple and small for me, it shows the most amount of love to me because it's something that she thought of to do for me, right? So the Lord started showing me this, but... Right here in 1 Jeremiah 5, it said, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. Now that just blew my entire theology right out the window. Every bit of it. Every bit of it. There's no way that God created me and knew me before I was even born in the womb, but didn't care enough for me. That just, that just rocked my entire world. But because God made us, and God made us to be relationship people with him. That's what he created us for, right? God also made a way for us to be able to reconcile back with him after sin entered into the world. Now, I'm not going to get all the way back into Genesis, but we know this, the fall of man, so on and so forth, right? But 
as I'm searching through and I'm the guy of my own destiny and I, I make everything my own, my own decisions bring me good and bad, I'm constantly searching. How many have been there? That's right. If your hand's down, you're lying. We've all been searching for something. We all do. We search for it either in family, in relationships, in business, in, in stature. And there is something that all of us are looking for. We are constantly seeking something. You know why? Because we're missing something until we accept the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. Until that happens, we are constantly seeking. The world, if you were to look out there right now, is seeking. They are looking for the next gimmick. Look in today's churches. I'm going to step on a lot of toes, but I'm telling you right now. In today's churches that are founding out there, they're rather going to tickle their ears than plant words of seed of truth in them. It's the next gimmick. It's what they're looking for. They're looking for the entertainment. They're looking for something. And you know what? They don't find it. I didn't find it. I didn't find it in business. And I, I studied, man. I, I, I read books and I, I, I mentored and, and I did all this, this work trying to, to, to define myself. Because I said, if I'm in control, if I can have that destiny level, if I can get there, then it's on my own. I want to find it. And I kept seeking and seeking and seeking. And finally, I learned what it meant to be content with something. The Lord came into my heart. Over in Colossians 2, verse 9 and 10, and I'm going to read it from right up here. It says, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of principality and power. You are incomplete until you reconcile with the Lord. When that happens, that emptiness, that, that, that searching, that desire to fill a void that's inside of you is there until that day comes. And when that day comes, it's no longer about you. And when it's no longer about you and it's about him, you now have found your purpose. And that's all of our purpose. That's what we have been designed and created for. That is our purpose. And then on this earth, right now, in this time, once we have that, we are charged with and ordered to share it. That is our great commission. We have to go out and share that with others. And uh, somebody shared on Facebook uh, uh, a thing said, look, I'm not trying to shove Christianity down your throat. But if you knew what I knew, you'd be beating down the door to get what I've got. And let me tell you, those of us in this church have seen it. Pastor Herb here, our pastor, that's what drove me to it. I saw what he had. I don't care less about a house or a car. I care less about any of that stuff. What I saw was joy. I saw love, unconditional love for you. I saw the power of God moving through him into his life and into others. And my own life changed from the influence that he had. And I said, I want that. That's what I want. That's what I wanted to seek out. And thank the Lord that we came here. Thank the Lord my wife was stubborn enough to make me come back. And thank you all for loving on us when we came. But that's our mission. That's our great commission. But God created you and created you with that purpose. But inside of that purpose, you know, you actually have a specific role. 
inside of that purpose that God has, of sharing that gospel, bringing others to reconcile to him so that they don't lack, so that they can be complete, inside of that you have a specific role. I don't know what your role is. I'm not going to go around and search. I don't know that. But I know this. I know that the devil doesn't want you to find it. I know that. I've preached on this before. So he's not worried about you. Right? You've already got salvation. The devil knows that you are saved. What he's really worried about is you affecting others. That's where he comes into play. That's where he wants to stop you. That's where he wants to freeze you in fear. Because if you could be a useful tool for the kingdom of God, he's losing more and more every day. So the devil will try to play tricks with you. First thing he's going to tell you, he's going to tell you you're not good enough. He's going to say, oh, no, Mike. No. <laughs> These people don't know your past. <laughs> If they knew what I knew, what you know, uh-uh, you're just not good enough. There is no way God could use you. No way. There's no way that uh, God would pick you. And then we start looking at ourselves and we start having some self-doubt within ourselves and we start thinking about things, right? Well, maybe I'm not the tallest guy. Everybody knows I'm a little short. Maybe I'm not uh, the most eloquent speaker. Maybe I have a problem memorizing things. Maybe I'm dyslexic. There are so many things that we have that we can look at and say, but this is the reason why. This is why I can't. And in Jeremiah, I want you to go back to Jeremiah. Jeremiah 1, 6 through 8. This is what Jeremiah says. He does the exact same thing. He says, oh, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am youth. For you shall go to all to whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. And I love it. Verse 8. And do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. If God sends you, he will equip you. No matter what kind of excuses you may have, you're not powerful enough to stop God. You can't say, I'm going to stutter myself in or out of something. God's going to tell you, if I'm going to take you there, I'm going to make a way. Yes, but you don't understand that sometimes I have thoughts of depression. Well, I'm telling you now that the Lord can lift that from you and take you and put you in a position of authority with it. What I'm saying is to stop looking at yourself and doubting yourself and start saying, thank you, God, for providing the way, because if you want me to go, I'm going. There's no hesitation. There's no stopping. You say to walk, I'm going to walk. My steps have been ordered. I'll take them, Lord. We start seeing magnificent things happen. Signs and wonders will follow you when you start doing that. That's when you'll start seeing the Holy Spirit manifest to you. Another thing the devil will tell you is say, you screwed up too much now. And as Christians, right, this is what we'll do. We'll be saved, and then we'll screw up. I love Peter. Anybody who's heard me talk about that before, I love Peter in the Bible. Peter's one of my favorite people in the Bible. Because Peter, Peter screwed up. Here is Peter who's with Jesus, right? It's the same, same guy who walks out on the water, who's seen all these miraculous things happen, right? And then Jesus says, you're going to deny me. Peter's like, who, me? <laughs> I'm not doing that. What? Oh, yes, you will. You're going to deny me. Peter says, no, no, Lord, no, no, I won't. 
Not only did he deny him, it says he cursed. And then it says, after he did it, Jesus turned around and looked at him. So that tells me not only did he deny him, but then he cursed him, and then he did it within eyesight of him, which means he probably could hear him. Now, I don't know about you, but that probably weighed pretty heavy on me. We all have stumbled like Peter has. We all, even though we are born again, saved Christians, we stumble. All of us still. Thank God for grace. The devil will use that to tell you, now that you've stumbled, now you're disqualified. Now you don't matter anymore. But I want to remind you about Peter, right? Because everybody knows what happened with Peter. After the day of Pentecost, Peter comes out. Preaches the greatest evangelistic message ever, right? 5,000 are converted. This is the same Peter that the devil said you cannot be used, that God said, oh, no, I'm not done with you. The devil seeks to destroy you. Then sometimes we're our own worst enemy. We get in our own way. We get back into that mentality of my way. I'd be lying if I say I wasn't guilty of it myself. It's a hard, hard thing to break. When that, that new creation is, is born and you, you're still teaching that old carnal self how to fall in line. And so there are times and tendencies where we'll want to go back into that well, Lord, I know, but if I do it this way, this way is going to be the best way. My brother shared with me this morning. He caught me pretty good about it, but whose service is this? It's God's service. It's the Holy Spirit's service. This isn't my service. This isn't me. Thank goodness it wasn't me, because if it was me, I'd be out in the parking lot. This is God's service. But when we start thinking that I could do it my way, let me tell you what, your way is never better than God's way. His ways are higher than yours. His thoughts are higher than yours. His plans are higher than yours. God won't limit you. You'll limit God. But we'll get it to ourselves and we'll say, I want to do it my way. I want to do it my way. And the devil loves it because he knows that if you do it your way, it won't be the best way. Lastly, the the way is we'll start doubting whether or not we'll be received. Rejection is probably the number one motivator of depression. Everyone in this room, everyone has been rejected at some point or another by somebody. Everyone. And with that rejection, rejection that we have, it hurts. And it scars and and we don't always understand why. Why something happened or why somebody did this or, or why this was this way. But it scars. And the devil starts using that. And he says, remember when? Remember when that hurt? Remember when you stepped out in love and your marriage failed? Remember when you stepped out on behalf of somebody else as a friendship and they cut you free? Remember when you were betrayed by your best friend. Remember when. 
The devil will want to use these things to you because rejection will make you freeze and stop. He goes about like a lion, seeking to to what? To, to kill, steal, and destroy, right? He's a he's a he's a he's a deceiver. He is a powerless deceiver. I need you to understand that. He is powerless unless you give him authority. That is how the devil wins. When he wins a battle, he wins it because you gave up. You said take it. Because I'm telling you that Jesus Christ said to you, you are the righteousness of of God. You are reconciled now. You are complete in him. What I have, I've given into you. And let me tell you, the beautiful part about it is is that when Jesus ascended and the Holy Spirit came down, we have a totally different life than what they had in the Old Testament. That power resides inside of you. Let me tell you, that goes with you everywhere you go. Everywhere. Oh, Mike, you don't understand. No, no, no. I I go into the bar. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit's with you in that bar. I'm telling you that I walked into a whole bunch of people who I work with, man. They're cussing and carrying on. The Holy Spirit is with you inside of that. And let me tell you something. Just like if I took this piece of paper and I put it inside of this Bible, right, the two are now together. Every experience one has, the other has. You understand that? Everything. The two are linked in together. And the Holy Spirit resides in you. He lives in you. He's not paying rent in you. He's not there for a temporary stay. He is there inside of you to empower you. So that when the devil comes at you like this, and I just told you he doesn't have a lick of power, he's only got deception, you can see it, have a spirit of discernment, know exactly what's happening with it, speak to it, reject it, and move on. In Hebrews 13, 9, God tells us, he says, look, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So oftentimes, I catch myself praying, Lord, if you'll be with me or if you could get me through this. And then I have to remind myself, he's with me always. He's right inside of here. I don't have to pray for that. What I need to be praying for is boldness. What I need to be praying for is, Lord, let me... Act on what you've already given me. The power of that blood that now resides in me that courses through my veins. Let me be bold enough to step out in it and not worry about rejection. Let me tell you something about people. People's pass judgment on you. But do you know judgment without authority to place a a sentence is nothing more than an opinion? Somebody can't judge you and then sentence you. The judge sitting in the chair can write Jesus Christ has, and we've already been through that. We're born again. What I'm saying to you is other people, when they look at you and they judge you, they don't have authority to sentence you to anything. So therefore, it's nothing more than their opinion. And I'm okay with them having opinions. Fine with me. Not until we succumb to their judgment and give them that authority does all of a sudden now we're under them in that authority. So let people talk. I'm okay with it. Let people see. Because to the, to the lost, it may seem foolish. 
But to those who are being drawn into the Lord, it's going to seem like salvation. Those are the ones who are going to look at you and look and see what's going on in your life and, and what you're doing and how you're speaking right and how you're lining up. And, and, and they're going to see that and they're going to go, this is what I want. I want to be that completeness in him because I see it working in your life. Romans 8, 31 tells us, says if God is for us, then who could be against us? And again, God is not an exterior source. He's not walking beside you. That footprints thing where he carries you, what I'm telling you is he's in you. He is in you. So no matter what you face, we don't have to depend on anything else other than the Holy Spirit that resides in us. If we could get this through, we would walk victorious every day, no matter what our circumstances look like. We would. We'd speak to things, and you'd start seeing them move. Mountains would crumble in your life. Healings. And I'm not just talking about physical healings. I'm talking about emotional and mental healings. What happened in your life. Where you won't be able to forgive somebody, now you could find peace to forgive. When you look at trials and tribulations that come that want to put you down, you know that you rise above them. That you're passing through them. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. See, God doesn't make mistakes. Didn't make a mistake when he created you. He didn't make a mistake when he prepared a plan for you. He didn't make a mistake when he selected you. God doesn't make those mistakes. It says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And let's keep going. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. What an awesome statement by God. What I'm telling you is is that no matter where you're at in life, no matter what you've done, no matter where you may think that you have gone wrong or screwed up or anything else with that, what I'm telling you is is that God just said, all you've got to do is talk to me. I'm right here and I'm listening. God does not leave you. He does not forsake you. He doesn't. He's always there for you. Always there for you. So what I want to give to you, I want to give you the four L's of living more victoriously. Four L's to living more victoriously. The first one, first L, is lean. Lean on the word. In Matthew 24, 35, Jesus said, The heaven and earth shall pass, but my word will last forever. If you want to find something to rest in, rest in this word. It will last forever. It's there for us to use. Resist the devil. Flee from the devil. Use the words, it is written. If you'll lean on this word and you'll tell the devil, I don't want to partake in that. He's got no business hanging out. He won't stay. Bob, would the devil hang out? He knows. You've already told him no. He's not going to stick around. With he wants to watch you. No, he moves on. Resisting. No, I don't want anything to do with that. He'll flee from you. 
And then when he does come to you, you know how you do it? You say, it is written. You start using the word and put it back on him. It is written, you have no authority. You have no dominion. You have no place to reside here. That's exactly what we do. When we come up to this altar, I'm telling you, that's exactly what happens up here. We bind that devil. We bind those, those forces that are coming against you. We bind them in the name of Jesus. We stand on the word. Lean on the word. The second one is leave. Yeah, I figured I might, might get some of y'all upset with this one. But leave. Leave goofy people alone. How many times have we heard our pastor say that? Proverbs 23, 19. You got that up there? Don't save me from fishing for it, too. Hear thou, my son, and be wise, and guide thine heart in way. Be not among wine-bibbers, among riotous eaters of flesh, for the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty, and drowsiness shall clothe the man with rags. Let me tell you the moral of that. People who can't control themselves are not people you need to be around. Get away from goofy people. If people can't control themselves and their lifestyle, and you want to hang out with them, you don't think it's going to happen to you? Come on. Come on. Sanctified. Set apart. You don't need to be in that. Step away from that. If you really, truly are seeking a victorious life, you won't want to be in the midst of it. The third L is listen. Proverbs 22, 17. Incline your ear and hear the words of the wise and apply your heart to my knowledge. Listen to those who are wiser than you. How often as children we don't listen to our parents, right? But they know. And then all of a sudden, when I was 15 and 16, doing some stuff that I shouldn't have been doing, my mom said, hey, I'm telling you, you're going to know better. Uh -uh." Or when we started having children and our parents started going, ha, ha. (laughs) And we started saying, no, 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 no. No, listen to them. Listen to them. The wise will teach you. They'll teach you. They'll, they'll, they'll start putting something inside of you that is authentic and true. And when that starts lining up in your life with that, and you start taking that, and they start speaking that life into you, then you start gaining their wisdom. Now, who becomes wise? You do. And the fourth L is line up. Proverbs 23, 15 and 16. My son, if your heart is wise, my heart will rejoice. Indeed, I myself, yes, my inmost being will rejoice when your lips speak right things. Now listen. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. As so a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The power of life and death resides in the tongue. I'm telling you that your mouth is either your biggest ally or your worst enemy. If you will line yourself up with the word of God, 
I mean the true Word of God. Not the watered-down version, not the section version where they cut out Acts. I'm talking about the entire Word of God. If you line yourself up with that, and then you start speaking in line with that, you can't go wrong. You can't. You can't. You'll start speaking, and all of a sudden you'll start living. I'm telling you this, and and I've said this before. You know, if you would confess things, even that aren't, you'll start walking and living in it. I'm telling you that I could, if you'll start confessing that I am the righteousness of Christ, that I am a child of God, that I am an overcomer, that I am victorious, that I am chosen, that I am selected, that I am a child of God, that I am moving forward, that I am doing the will of God. I am. You start saying that and you'll start living it. Because what we want to do is we want to say the opposite, oh, I can't, or, or, so, or somebody else will say it and we'll run with it and we'll repeat what they say. Line yourself up and start speaking right. That is the most important one of those of all of them. Line up and speak. You're not being judged. You understand? God. God has already said, I've done everything. God's done it all. There's nothing left for Jesus to do. He died on the cross. He's resurrected. He defeated death. He got the keys. He said, no longer is that going to be your punishment. He's done it all. He's ascended into heaven. The Holy Ghost is now residing with us. It's all done. All we got to do is start speaking it. Speak it. Walk it out. Whoo! You're going to see what peace and contentment is really about. I'm telling you that right now. No longer when trials and tribulations start coming up in my life, I understand now why Paul said, for a little while. Because a little while is exactly what it is. No big deal. I'm going to get through this. Thank you, Lord. With you with me, nothing can stop me. If you will start speaking these things that you really are, that you have inside of you, that God has given you, and you speak these things, you will walk them automatically. Now, I, uh, I want to remind you guys that it doesn't mean it's always easy. The truth is that when we leave church, right, we'll go home and we'll go back to work tomorrow and We'll start getting surrounded by goofy people whether we want to or not. (laughs) They'll be there, right? And the devil knows them, and he'll start using them. He'll want to test you in everything. Now, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you're going to walk out of here. Tomorrow, you're going to be tested more than you were Friday because you got a word of truth. Now, what's going to happen is Monday morning when you're going to work, somebody's going to try to push your buttons. That's exactly what's going to happen. Or somebody's going to go up to you, and somebody's going to say, Mm-mm-mm. Did you hear about such and such? Ooh, let me tell you now. Boo, boo, boo. And you're going to have a choice. What are you going to do? You're going to speak right? You're going to get away from goofy people? You're going to start leaning on the word? Or are you going to say, nah, nah, I could do it my way. Your way is never God's way. Do it God's way. So Monday, remember that. Speak right. 
And then all of a sudden, Monday will fly by, and then here comes Tuesday. And I'm telling you, the more that you do this, the more fluid you become in it, the more it ingrains into you. And then all of a sudden, those things that you used to have as obstacles are gone because they're no longer trials. What does the devil have to do if he knows that you can defeat it? Why would he want to repeat himself? He's not going to put the same obstacle over and over. You'll move on. You'll pass that. Things that you had looked at before, bills and, and so on and so forth that you look at and you stress over, will no longer be a stressor for you. And then all of a sudden, those barriers that come up will no longer be barriers. And then you won't even see them anymore. They'll just vacate out of your life. And what God will do is God will start rewarding you. And all of those things that you've been saying, God will start showing you. He's already given it to you. You already have it. All the blessings are already given to us. He's done it all. You just got to partake in it. So, Monday morning, you get up and get around these goofy people. You do what's right and you speak what's right. Amen? All right. So that's all I really have for today. Brother Roy, if you want to close us out in a song here. But uh, I, uh, I will tell you, uh, it's, uh, it's a great honor to come up here.